Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and Nirvana on Rock 102. Oh, boy, the good shipping crew is a bone to be chewed when the gales of November came early. They're here. What does that mean? We have a gale warning in effect. And if you happen to be on the Edmund Fitzgerald this weekend, uh, there could be problems. Yeah, but it's still October 26th. I mean, it's not even not even the gales of November. It's gales of late October. Yeah, well, when the gales of November came early, and that's what early means yeah. in October. That's so too early. It's going to rain all day today. Uh, it will be heavy at times. There will be flooding. There will be heavy winds. There could be damage. Have a nice day. Uh, Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com will be joining us. That'll make things even happier. Assuming we survive that long. We may not even survive uh, the latest scam, for all we know. So we'll be talking to Steve Weissman later on this morning and a lot of other stuff, too. Lots of other stuff. Maybe more from the Edmund Gerald. It's 536 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. This week, it's a Thunderbird Thursday in the Bax and O'Brien Show. Tune in around 745 when we'll... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550 in the Kinks on Rock 102. I don't remember the last time I heard that here. Yeah, I know. It's been uh, it's been quite a while. A long, long time. But that's a classic right yeah. there. So oh, boy. Oh, there's the Whew. Kinks on Rock 102. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a gale warning in effect. It is going to be a nasty day. Heavy rain, flooding, winds, damage, uh, all of that with a high of only about 57. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. That's exactly right, whoever that was. <laughs> uh, that was Dave Coombs oh, from Laser 99.3. Hello, John. Hi. It's uh, 48 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood yibbidi, trash? We've got Brian for you for seeing And not surprisingly, most of what there is to talk about continues to be Alec Baldwin and that set, on-set shooting. Uh, Hollywood professionals say that they are baffled by the circumstances of the New Mexico movie set shooting that left the cinematographer dead, adding that production crews have stepped up safety measures. Well, that's a good thing to do. That was probably, they probably should have done that before this movie. Was uh-huh. Uh, Jeffrey Wright said the death has brought a renewed attention to detail on the set of Westworld, the uh, HBO series he stars in. He also says he has never been handed a weapon on set without seeing that the barrel was clear. Uh, Another actor said precautions have been taken to another level after the shooting, but uh, no description on what exactly that means. I don't don't understand part of this. Almost every uh, buddy I've heard in Hollywood who's connected to this, not this particular case, but the issue of guns on sets, says under no circumstances ever is live ammunition allowed on a set. So if you're actually putting blanks, which are cartridges, into a gun, uh, why would anyone ever worry about a live round? I think that's probably what Alec Baldwin was thinking. Mm -hmm. Why would I have to worry about this hurting somebody? Yeah. Well, but again, I mean, you can hurt somebody with a blank. Um, but, but it's just, uh, the whole thing is just other details are emerging about how it happened, but political onlookers swiftly assign guilt to the, uh, most prominent liberal of Hollywood. Right-wing pundits and politicians have long chafed at Baldwin's criticism of Donald Trump, 
and wasted little time zeroing in on the actor who pulled the trigger. The hashtag uh, Alec for prison ricocheted around Twitter. Ricocheted. I see what you did there. Oh, I I really just read it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And on Monday, Trump's oldest son was now selling those T-shirts that say guns don't kill people. Alec Baldwin kills people for $28 a piece. Yeah, his website is blowing up. What about the caps? Were caps? Yes. Oh, I loved caps. I loved caps. Yeah. I had a cap gun, and mm-hmm. you, know, you, 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 you jacked the thing up, and all of a sudden, pow! And the like, smell was great. Too. Oh, yeah, I like that smell. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they could bottle that. <laughs> I would like to make, yeah, make that a, a cologne. Yes. yes. Or a, a, a flavor of jelly bean. Yeah. Burn caps. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, we, you know, we kind of hit on that yesterday when I was talking about how the New York Post was saying that, uh, you know, Alec could very well be charged in this, and... Uh, uh, and it was pointed out that you know that that might have a little bit of a political bent to yep. it. Oh yeah, the As post opposed- definitely is. Yeah, we were also talking about memes yesterday. I, I got a little uh, Facebook message from my buddy Rob, who used to work in radios, uh, marking himself safe from Alec Baldwin. Yeah, well, a you got of a gun there. You got it. Yeah. What's that? There's a picture of a gun, and it says what? I mark myself oh. safe from oh. Alec Baldwin. Aye, so, aye, like, aye. if you ever in like a, a situation where there's like a natural disaster, mm. those memes pop up. You yep. know, I survived this hurricane or oh, you know, this storm. You, you'd have to be involved in social media to understand the hilariousness <laughs> yeah. yes. of what Dave just presented right here in the show. <laughs> Therein lies the reason why I didn't get it. Uh, the assistant director who handed Alec the gun that killed the cinematographer has been had been fired from a previous job after a gun went off on the set and wounded a member of the film crew. Hmm. According to a producer who spoke Monday to the AP in an email statement, the producer for the movie Freedom's Path confirmed that Dave Halls was fired from that production. The producer wrote that Halls was removed from the set immediately. His firing from Freedom's Path was first reported by CNN, and he has not returned messages for comment. Yeah, they're, you know, they're also saying that even on the set of uh, the Alec Baldwin movie, there had been an accidental shooting the day before, and the crew had walked off at one point because of his seeming lack of uh, attention to detail and mm. safety. Yeah. yeah well, well, good luck working again in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that, uh, you know, and who knows how many of those people even exist. I mean, it's seemingly a small world, uh, particularly in Hollywood. So although, you know, they keep interviewing every night, they're interviewing a different armorer who's making comments about this guy. So there certainly does seem to be at least some choice. Well, you've got a lot of, you got a lot of productions going on simultaneously, especially you know, now with, you know, so many other distribution options. Mm-hmm. So guys like, you know, you know, gun guys or prop guys, there's quite a lot of them out there. Well, yeah, there are quite a lot of those people, but it doesn't necessarily mean there's quite a lot of those companies. Could be like all the other industries where the conglomerates came in and gobbled up all the small-time businesses. True, and, but, I, uh, but I find it hard to imagine that there's one company gobbling them all up and say, hey, remember how we used to have uh, guns that couldn't kill people? Let's step up our game and see how we can uh, you know, make things a little bit more realistic. Kind of like method acting, only with gunfire. No, there is. There's one big company that owns like 1,800 gun places. It's called Clear Chamber. <laughs> <laughs> you get they, it? And they destroy yeah. careers, too. <laughs> yeah. 
Minnesota's congressional delegation is introducing a resolution to posthumously award the Congressional Gold Medal to Prince, citing his indelible mark on Minnesota and American culture. Uh, The medal is one of the nation's highest civilian honors, Mm. and past recipients include George Washington, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa, the Tuskegee Airmen, and the Dalai Lama. They're not expecting him to uh, show up, right? Uh, no, I believe he will uh, need to have a stand-in. Yeah, I was going to say. I think they'll be very disappointed. Seeing as how he died in 2016. Right. The resolution is being led by Representative Elon Omar, a uh, Democrat who represents Minneapolis, and Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar, who represents the state. A medal, gold, congressional gold medal for Prince. Mm. Yeah, why not? I mean, uh, Trump was giving them out like lollipops as well. So. Yeah, but you know, there's who's who's in the Prince family there to really accept that award on his behalf? Uh, probably uh, Prince Junior, uh, Prince the Third. Um, I mean, his sister's got pretty much everything, right? Yeah, for the most part. And sh- shouldn't any medal for Prince be purple? I mean, come on. It, well, be. maybe like a, like a purple yeah. uh, a a ribbon. sash. <laughs> yeah, right. The mm-hmm. ribbon around the medal would be purple, not the medal itself. And that right there, yeah, that's your Hollywood trash at Rock 102. The following takes place between 6 a.m. and Windows 11 Pro. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you are aware, part of the glory of athletics is the acknowledgement of its occasional milestones. Are you kidding me? People are crazy about that sort of stuff. Give me an occasional statistical achievement to embrace every once in a while, and it almost has the ability to make me almost care. For example, on Sunday, Tom Brady became the first quarterback to throw 600 touchdown passes. Not in a single game, mind you, although that would have been more impressive. Nevertheless, nobody in history has ever thrown 600 touchdowns. In fact, it's not even close. Back, he leads Drew Brees by as much as 31 touchdowns, and the only active quarterback who's even in the ballpark is Aaron Rodgers with 427. Now, I'm sure you're also aware that just after Brady threw that 600th touchdown, Tampa wide receiver Mike Evans flipped the ball into the crowd to some dude sitting in the end zone. That ball was then retrieved by the team after they made a handsome offer in exchange for that milestone football. So what did that guy get in return? According to ESPN, Brian Kennedy of Largo, Florida, will receive two signed Tom Brady jerseys, a helmet, a jersey signed by Mike Evans, big whoop, plus the pair of cleats that Evan wore while catching that pass. He'll also be receiving a pair of season tickets for the remainder of this season and next season as well. He'll also be receiving a $1,000 credit at the Buccaneers' official team store. Now, for some people, this would be more than enough. For me, I would be asking, what else you got? Sure, sweaty jerseys and cleats and a bunch of tickets seem like an even exchange, but clearly this is a valuable memento that I have in my hands. Otherwise, they wouldn't be willing to give me a $1,000 credit at the team store. No, I would like to know the approximate cash value of this football before I agree to accept your humble trifles in return. I mean, this is a football franchise valued at over $2.2 billion, and you want to give me a pair of cleats? Why do you come back when you've got something that's actually worth something? In the meantime, I'm going to be in my backyard practicing punts. 
But hey, and my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hard Hates Hardware. The Carhartt Nip Cuff Beanie. That's a swell looking hat. Keeps you warm, looks fantastic, comes in a variety of colors, and it's only 17 bucks at Rocky's. What color are you getting? Doesn't matter. You're gonna look great in that hat no matter what. And they're available right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 610 and Black Sabbath on Rock 102. Well, I hadn't thought about this until I just started looking at 22 News' website. We have a uh, gale warning in effect. There's going to be a lot of rain and a lot of wind. And that wind could very well blow leaves out of trees. It is, after all, fall, and those fallen leaves can gather on the roadway, mm-hmm. and when they get wet, I don't know how many people know this or not, they get slippery. Uh, I think anyone who has ever driven on a road mm. is aware that wet leaves can be slippery. Not unless they see 22's website, uh, so be careful of that. Don't <laughs> worry just about the rain, don't worry just about the wind, don't worry just about the flooding. Worry about the wet leaves. Well, is that any less or more dangerous with the vehicle you drive around sometimes there, John? Or, or do you put that away at this point of the year? Oh, no, no. Oh, you, oh the bike? Yeah. yeah. Um, I put it away, but not until November. All right. Usually do the toy run uh, in late November, and then that's it. That's it. Uh, you also got to worry about the snow. It fell in New Hampshire and parts of New England last <sighs> yeah. night. Yeah, but, but that's I, in the mountains. Right? Yeah, that's higher elevation, mm-hmm. thankfully. That's, uh, yeah, but you, you should be skiing by the end of the week. So uh, tonight is game one of the World Series, and uh, I will not be watching uh, a single moment of it. And I can tell you that would be the same response even if the Red Sox were in it. Um, reading yeah, because int- you're a diehard fan. That's yeah. Why. Oh, yeah, huge. Uh, reading an interesting story yesterday about how baseball, for all of its storied past, no longer occupies a central role in the national consciousness based on measures like game attendance, and uh, social media relevance. Uh, By now, the reasons are familiar. The game competes with a myriad of sports and entertainment options that didn't exist decades ago, and the methodical pace of play alienates potential fans. They've also lost their appeal to African Americans because they don't see as many black players on the field as they did years ago. In 1981, over 18% of the players in Major League Baseball were black, and that held until 1960, or 1986 when it went into a steep decline. Now, about 30% of Major League Baseball players are Latino. Only 7% are African American. So uh, Rob Manfred, the uh, commissioner, has appointed Theo Epstein, the former GM of the Red Sox, to test methods to speed up the game make it more exciting, and get the younger crowd into it. They're already doing some of that in something called the Atlantic League, which is an independent baseball league. I, I read a big article about that. I think in some, I think it might have been even the Wall Street Journal that was talking about some of the things they're trying at the minor league level yeah, but, that but, they could implement on the major but league But you level. know what I read, and, and, and I think this is probably true, if you've watched baseball, everything they've done to speed up the game mm-hmm. hasn't worked because ultimately – it takes nine innings to complete a game. If you go into extra innings, it could go on forever. It doesn't. Re- it hasn't really slowed. Statistically speaking, hasn't slowed down 
or sped up the game in anything that's really significant. Well, you maybe be, they need to adopt different measures then. Well, like, for instance, like shortening the time between pitches. They haven't really done that yet. Why, it takes, And I timed it recently. I watched a game only to time the pitches. Sometimes 30, 40 seconds occur between pitches. Why not was, make it 10? That was in this article of, uh, I forget what the numbers were, of uh, timing between pitches. And they had two different times. One would be timing between pitches when a runner is on base. Right. And then timing uh, when there is no runner on base. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, and I believe they do that in the minor leagues as well. Yep, and they're also testing the idea of stealing first base, which I think is kind of ridiculous. That's stupid. Uh, Starting the runner on second during extra inning games. They should do it like we did in wiffle ball when we were kids. Play to the mound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And and you're allowed to like um record an out by throwing the ball at the player. A, at, a, yeah, yes. at a runner. Exactly. Well, they, yeah. they used to, they used to do that in old time baseball. Yeah. Or if, mm-hmm. if you could if you could bean a guy at the the side of the coconut, he's out. Mm-hmm. The uh the popularity on social media of baseball um is surprisingly low. Uh the first baseball player in popularity on Instagram is Mike Trout of the Angels, and he's at number 130. There are 25 basketball players and nine football players ahead of Trout on that list, Mm -hmm. as well as the account for the UFC, which ranks sixth, and the WWE ranks seventh. But you know what? Major League Baseball is 33rd. But here's here's the thing, Um, and, and this is true. Baseball at one point used to be very, very good at marketing its best players. Oh, I thought you were going to say to you, no, very, not, very good to me. No, they have not been very, very good to me. But they've been. They used to be excellent at marketing their best players. Mm-hmm. They stopped doing that uh, over the course of years at a time when the NBA was stepping up their game big time. If you remember, before Michael Jordan, even before Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. The the marketing of the NBA wasn't anything close to what it is today. When you had those kinds of players, all of a sudden you're showing a spotlight on your best players, mm-hmm. and it 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 paid great dividends. NFL, same thing, but baseball has let that slip through their fingers. They and it's their own damn fault. I think for many years they just assume, well, you know, we're the national pastime. We don't have to, you know, go you know that hard at yep. marketing ourselves, and they didn't. And this is what you're getting instead. You're absolutely right. I mean, there are UFC fighters that are more popular than Mike Trout. Mike Trout's maybe one of the greatest players of all time, but you wouldn't know that if you were looking at the marketing plan of uh, of Major League Baseball. Well, part of the problem, Bax, is that the game has become one- or two-dimensional in that strikeouts are way up and home runs are way up, but the rest of the game is not. Like, balls in play that would create exciting Outcomes like triples and great defensive plays; those yep. don't happen with as much frequency anymore. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't see a good defensive play on a right. highlight reel. Right? If a guy cranks one over the over the, the over the park, that that's that's worth watching again. And, and you know, they're talking about a combination of attendance at games and television uh, ratings as well. But uh, you know, as far as as far as uh, attendance at games. And it says, baseball needs to reach out more effectively to non-white, middle-class men. If going to the ballpark felt like a more comfortable experience for people of color and women, I think they could grow their audience more. 
That's according to a, uh, a like a sports professor. Yeah, but but that's only part of it. You know, it, it's not necessarily just that it needs to focus on you know, the minority community. Although I don't think it's a bad necessarily a bad idea. Their whole marketing in general leaves a lot to be desired, and I I think that's that's hurt them. That's mm-hmm. that's why the NFL is now you know your 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 primary sport in in America. They. Think of everything that goes into those broadcasts. You know, before you had, you know, like you know, like the the Fox pregame. Before you had any of that stuff, those games, those Sunday games, weren't seen quite the same way. They weren't considered to be events. Now you have them as events. Baseball games are not seen that way. Now, granted, you got a lot more games to worry about, but you know they you know they have done this to themselves, and and, and it's not just. You know the minority community. Well, I think that that's a big part of it. They have not really embraced their market. They've just uh, made a lot of assumptions and have done nothing. You need more violence. You need more uh, concussions. Yeah. CTE in baseball. I mean, look at the appeal of Squid Game, the, oh, the murder yes. game. You need to inject that into baseball somehow. How about explosives around uh, yes, second base? Right. I tell you, if they if they added uh, if the seventh. Seventh inning stretch went away, and a game of red light, green light came in. <laughs> there you yeah, go. There you go. Uh, especially for the World Series. Mm-hmm. Or how about uh, uh, the licking of the honeycomb? Yeah, that would be uh, that would yeah. be a pretty good uh, mid-game event. Or or the uh, the tug of war over the top of the <laughs> stadium. Play, play, players have organs, vital organs removed if yeah. they don't perform properly. That's uh-huh. part of Squid Game as well. Come on, what what's Theo Epstein being appointed <laughs> for this role for? We could do it exactly. The I'm, three of us. All right, I'm we, in. For, for all we know, he could be player number one and in on it from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah <laughs> sorry he could to be. sorry to spoil the show, everybody. Or he could be player four fifty six. Three. 40, what was it? No, it was 4.56. Yeah. Yeah, that was right. uh, that was the last one. They, um, they also experimented with in, in the minor leagues with moving the mound back a foot so that the, the pitches would become more hittable, and it, that's apparently worked to some a extent. A foot? Yes. One mo- foot? Yes. You move the mound back 12 inches, so pitchers in the Atlantic League this year had to throw from a foot further away. Right. I so- still don't get Why is the mound raised? Well, I think that was back when hitters dominated the game and they needed to give an advantage back to pitchers. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Maybe we'll flatten the mound. And ironically, that's when I think Bob Gibson had the lowest single-season earn run average of all time for a starting pitcher when they raised the mound back in 1968. Right. But he would have been dominant no matter what. Right. He was a great sure. pitcher. Yeah. But Lower I, it. But I don't know if that necessarily speeds the game up. No, but if it makes it more attractive, it'll give it a bigger audience and greater attendance. So I yeah either yeah, what about this instead of just taking the mound away and bringing them down to ground level how about putting them in a hole there you go or yeah, just, yeah. just just raising home plate up on a mound <laughs> you're absolutely right what could there couldn't possibly be an injury uh, an injury with a hey, hole in the ground I got news for you there's probably a lot more injuries with the with the pitcher getting hit by line drives yeah. because he's because he's raised on a mound. So just take away the pitchers entirely and put a pitching machine out there on the mound. How about a, a tee, yeah. like t-ball? Let, let's let, let's yes. do professional t-ball. There you go. Now I'm we're thinking, talking. I'm thinking a pitcher in a hole up to his waist. Listen, there's all kinds of reasons to not want to watch this World Series. I mean, there's, there's loads of different reasons. But, uh, you know, baseball is still a great game. I still like watching baseball when I get a chance to watch it. 
But boring. Yeah, I'm with you, John. I yeah, I, no, no, no. I, mean, I was when I was a kid a when big a, fan, but not anymore. When a, when a game turns and it and all of a sudden it becomes exciting, but it's, it there's nothing better. But it it does But how? That's like waiting for the for the comet to come into your house, mm-hmm. slam into your house. It's gonna be uh, forever. Yeah. Who's waiting for a comet to hit their house? I don't have a lot to do. <laughs> Apparently, you don't. Kids can trick-or-treat on the concourse and get photos with Spider-Man, then stay after for a post-game skate. For tickets, visit SpringfieldThunderbirds.com. It's 626 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Someone just made a, a great uh, suggestion for baseball. What's that? You really want to add some excitement to the game? Hmm. Let the batter keep the bat. Oh, around the base pass. Around the base yes. pass. Use it. Yeah, if he's got a he's got a problem, yeah. uh, you know, you just swing the bat around. Maybe you, you clock someone's kneecaps off, or or if someone hits a little little tiny dribbling ground ball, mm-hmm. just tee up and whack it right into the outfield. Yeah, kind of like croquet. The uh, yeah, that 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 all sounds like a great idea. I love those ideas. Um, in the in the sports, I added uh, a story that I saw from Twenty Two News that I didn't have half as much detail about as I do now. Uh, apparently last night on Monday Night Football, Tom Brady announced that he was going to be giving a Bitcoin to the fan, excuse me, who uh, had his 600th touchdown when when the receiver, Mike Evans, accidentally threw it into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Right. The Bitcoin is worth about $60,000, they say. <laughs> now. Yeah. Now. Co- well, today. <laughs> now. But collectors say uh, that he probably could have gotten $500,000 for the ball uh, at auction, I suppose. Yeah. This he is- also did get season tickets for the rest of this season and all of next season. He got a he got two jerseys from Tom Brady and one jersey from Evans and Evans cleats. Yeah, and a th- and and I did this during the uh, views from the couch. So thanks for paying attention to that. But they also get. You know, to- I do other things, right? Uh, they there also are other responsibilities <laughs> in my job other than sitting here listening to the radio. What level on Candy Crush are yet? Uh, 4,362. You answer my question. But the best part about uh, what he got is a $1,000 credit at the Buccaneers official team store. Now, nice. that's valuable. Uh, and we could probably get five jerseys. <laughs> I would I would get offered that. I'd say, okay, but what else you got? You're right. a franchise worth $2 billion. You're going to give me a Bitcoin from Tom Brady and a smelly pair of uh, cleats? From the guy who threw the ball away? Yeah, right. Uh, plus, did you see what Brady's next venture is? Clothing. Yeah, he wants to get into the clothing He's market. got a clothing oh, line boy. coming out yeah, all right. in December. Well, yep. time for a new wardrobe, mm-hmm. I guess. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. Now, this one is from a listener. So okay. It could have potential. A hotshot New York City lawyer goes duck hunting down in South Texas, right? Yes. Before long, the lawyer shoots and drops a bird, but it falls into a farmer's field on the other side of a fence. Right. So as the lawyer begins to climb the fence, an elderly farmer drives up on his tractor, and he asks the lawyer, what in the blue blazes do you think you're doing? And the lawyer responds, well, I I shot a duck, and it fell into the field, and now I'm retrieving it. And the farmer goes, you better hold your horses there, sonny boy. This is my property, and you're not coming over here. Now, the lawyer is more than a bit miffed at the old farmer's gruff attitude, and he says, listen, old-timer, I'm one of the best trial lawyers in America, and if you don't let me get that duck, I'll sue you, and I'll take you to the cleaners. 
Well, the farmer smiles. This sounds like it's getting contentious, by the way. It could be. The uh, farmer smiles at the lawyer, and he says, apparently you don't know how we do things down here in Texas. We settle disagreements like with the Texas three-kick rule. The, the Texas three-kick rule. That's what the lawyer says. The lawyer says, what the hell is the Texas three-kick rule? And the farmer, farmer says, well, the first uh, thing is I kick you three times, then you kick me three times, and we go back and forth like that till somebody gives up. So the lawyer quickly thinks about the proposed contest, and he decides that he could easily take the farmer, so he agrees to abide by the custom. The farmer then climbs down from his tractor, walks over to the city feller, and gets his first kick planted in the toe of his boot right into the lawyer's groin. Ooh. Drops the lawyer to his knees. His second kick nearly wipes the lawyer's nose right off his face. Now the lawyer's flat on his back, and the farmer's third kick to the kidney nearly causes the lawyer to give up. But then the lawyer summons up every bit of his will, and he gets to his feet, and he says, All right, you old coot, now it's my turn. And the farmer goes, eh, you can have the duck. You <laughs> 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 see, he really just wanted to beat the lawyer up. Who doesn't? He didn't That's care about the duck. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah! Opportunity employer. 6.33 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Filling in for Steve Nagel today is Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3. All right, we've got a smorgasbord of crime to get to. But first, just a warning again, high wind watch in effect and lots of rain coming our way today. So watch out for those flooded roads and underpasses. All right, on to crime story number one. A shooting occurring in Springfield yesterday about 5.15 in the evening. Officers responding to the shot spotter system finding a male victim near the intersection of Pearl and Mattoon Streets. That victim in stable condition now at Bay State Medical Center. Police are investigating and asking for anyone with information to call 413-787-6355 or text a tip to 274-637. And also make sure you type the word solve followed by the message and make sure you hit send as well. Is it smorgasbord or smorgasborg? Hmm. I think it's bored. I think it is too. You think it's bored? Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. Uh, Let me go look at that up. Unless it has a cyber aspect to it, and then you could get away with the Borg, Borg. designation. I, I just guess. always would. I just always pronounced it that way. Yeah. I, Smorg I, is Borg. I think. I think it's a board, but I'm not yeah, sure about that. Be. How do you spell it? S M O R. Then S C H G A S. Well, without a proper spelling, I can't get a proper spelling. B O R G. Yes. Well, it's a good thing you're not typing in the word solve followed by the message and then hitting send if you're trying to so- help no, solve no. this crime. I mean, I'm not. Come on. And what happens if you mistype salve instead well, of what it solve? solved? Yeah. With a D on the end. Right. E-D. Yeah, well, there's an E anyway, but yeah. the D. No. You know, you don't want E-D. Mm-hmm. Who wants E-D? <laughs> I don't. Apparently, it is a smorgasbord. Board. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, all right. Well, now, I'll have to. Here's a, my question about uh, you know this particular shooting. If you're going to shoot somebody so damn close to the police station, <laughs> do you really expect to get away with it? Well, Pearl, or rather, uh, Maine and Mattoon is not that close. Well, this is Pearl and Mattoon. Pearl and Mattoon. You're, I mean, you're talking about, like, right Maine. up the street. I don't believe Pearl and Mattoon, I didn't think they intersected. Oh, that's a good question. I'm just reading from the MassLive.com report. Yeah, I uh, I saw it on, uh, uh, I saw it on 22, and I thought... I thought Mass Live said Maine and Mattoon. I could have it wrong. No, you're right. It is Pearl and Mattoon Streets. Yeah, All right. there Maybe, you go. Maybe uh, the other end 
of Mattoon. Uh, yeah, so Mattoon, so Mattoon, you know, so Mattoon begins at Chestnut, and uh, then it, it turns oh. to uh, to Pearl Street. So there is no Mattoon in Main Street. No, it's Pearl to it's Pearl to it's it's uh, Chestnut. Yes, all right. That that is correct. I haven't really been downtown that much, but the, but nevertheless, I mean, you're literally right up the road from the police station. You know, I mean, do you have high expectations that you're going to get away with this? Well, it depends on whether the shooter was walking towards or away from the police station. See, based upon its location, I'm going to say probably away. But I got to believe that uh, if you're a cop, you're driving around that area all the time. Not because there's anything wrong on, on Mattoon Street. That's a beautiful street. But you yeah, got to go back plus, to Pearl to go back to the uh, to the station. Judy Matt's got it all locked down. <laughs> I'm sure she does now. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got crime story number two. 33-year-old Jose Gomez of Springfield apprehended and arrested and charged with armed robbery after threatening staff members in the Walgreens at 707 State Street. Employees had confronted Mr. Gomez after they believed he was shoplifting. This happened around 10.10 in the morning. Who shoplifts at 10.10 in the morning, for Christ's sake? It's a good question. Third shifters. When they spoke to him, he flashed a knife, threatened them, and then ran away. They're actually, uh, they've actually closed, I believe, CVSs in uh, San Francisco because of an overwhelming amount of shoplifting. They've closed the stores down. Really? Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, I, when you think about it, it it's uh, there's a lot of retail stores, Walgreens, CVS. Not that I'm, you know, specifically pointing out. You know, stores in which to steal stuff, but you know, there's a lot of stores. It's not that complicated to walk out the door with. No, but there are also a lot of, uh, and this is very inconvenient. There's a lot of stores now that are locking up certain products behind uh, some type of plexiglass. Yeah, the shaving products I know have been locked up for a while. Yeah, but no, they just shut down the whole damn store. Yeah, which is, I mean, you're putting an entire neighborhood out of access to prescription medication when you do that. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, you know, I, the shaving stuff is kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, the razors are trim, sharp. Trim somebody down in the <laughs> yeah. store? I guess put, they're sharp. They could be used as weapons. Them in, uh, apples. Yeah. You know, it's just that time of year. It's it's razors and apple season. Ah, oh, that's an old wives' tale. Is it? Yes, it is. Uh, I don't know about that. I just think it's interesting that we're spreading the wealth around on these crimes from Walmart. Now, Walgreens involved in this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos. Uh, crime story number three, a Pittsfield man pleading guilty Monday in U.S. District Court in Springfield to his role in a $1 million coast-to-coast marijuana distribution ring. Anthony Carnuti, a.k.a. Tony the Whale, facing up to four years in prison. I don't I don't know that he was actually – is that really what he was, uh, his, his alias is? Yeah. Wow. Reading right from the story here. Not mm. to be confused with Fudgy the Whale, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this right. is Tony yeah, the yeah. Whale. Admitted to shipping hundreds of packages of weed from a source in California. Would it be weird if you found out that his uh, his second in command's name was Cookie Puss? <laughs> oh man, and big big Cookie Puss and little Cookie Puss. Uh, there's just one Cookie Puss. Oh, it's just like uh, with the Sopranos. There's a big and a little. <laughs> yeah, that story we read yesterday about the house being seized mm-hmm. for the marijuana delivery operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was. That was somebody who sounded like they were running uh, a normal marijuana delivery company without any permits. 
I mean, it, it was elaborate and uh, and obviously well thought out with a business plan. This wasn't just somebody driving around with a bale of marijuana in the trunk and stopping places and asking people if they wanted to buy an ounce here or there. This this, this is exactly the way marijuana delivery industries have been set up. And that's exactly what this woman was doing. She just wasn't licensed. It was it was really actually kind of impressive when I yesterday afternoon when I actually read all the details of the story and what she yeah. was doing. But you do realize that uh, when you're operating illegally, that kind of sucks the impressiveness out of it. Well, but you know, there is a not particularly in that case, but there is a lot of ambiguity going on right now with this whole marijuana thing. There's another story on 22 News that Connecticut is uh, upset now because if you go over the line uh, along uh, I-91, probably I-84, and see the signs for Massachusetts cannabis operations, um, Connecticut is saying that's illegal. You can't advertise Hmm. cannabis from Massachusetts in Connecticut. Because in Connecticut, you have to know that 90% of your audience is over the age of 21. And apparently that applies to billboards. So Connecticut is, is yelling at all these dispensaries rather than apparently charging them. I mean, if it's illegal, the attorney general is going after the dispensaries and the billboard companies to stop this. All right, so how would that apply to, say, like before Massachusetts had casinos when Foxwoods and Mohegan would have billboards here? Right. It obviously must be allowed, the same with fireworks. You know, that the New Hampshire fireworks places are allowed to put up billboards here around the 4th of July. I'm guessing that specifically fireworks and gambling were dealt with by the legislature, and for some reason, somehow, marijuana wasn't? Yeah, but were they successful in arguing that claim? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was even argued. Back to Tony the Whale and his marijuana distribution ring. He was shipping hundreds of packages of weed from a source in California all over the U.S., including a Massachusetts clientele that ran from Berkshire County to Boston. He was shipping them from a source in California. He and his colleagues in the weed industry. So they were... Were they getting it from a legal operation in California? First of all, I don't think you're allowed to get weed across state lines. Well, that's well, it depends on which state you're talking about because certain laws exist in certain states and yeah. do not exist in others. And that was part of the problem, John. But I think, but I still think border crossing, uh, because it's nationally illegal, um, that would be a that would be a federal law. I guess I. I See the, the the problem is you're 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 looking at you know parts of the law that are still ambiguous and that we we don't really have answers to yet. Yeah, th- this is the this is the problem when you have state to state laws. Mm-hmm. You know what applies here doesn't apply there, and right. what you know what can you get away with across state lines? You know, short of actually distributing it across state lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, you know, you bring up a good point, but the uh, that whole thing with the. Uh, with the, uh, the the phantom fireworks, I have yet to figure out how that is even allowed. Well, to, uh, it's to, already to aver- been challenged, so it must have been it must have been put into the legislation. They must have said, "Yeah, okay, you can you can run your advertisements here. You just can't bring the fireworks back here." But they do nothing. To, 
to to stop you from you know leaving the store with a Massachusetts uh, license on are you. you. Sure. Oh yeah, I got I got tens of thousands of dollars of explosives in my garage right you, now. You might be one of the lucky ones. <laughs> well, I hope so. I'd hate to be caught. As long as we're on marijuana, in, well, a, man, in a manner of speaking, about it. Yeah. the cannabis industry continues to grow like a weed in Western Mass. <laughs> oh, look at you grow hey, like a weed. That was my own headline. Wow, look at you being clever. <laughs> Another old Holyoke mill property will be converted into a marijuana growing and production operation. 3D's Group LLC buying the property at 333 Canal Street in Holyoke. And that went for $1.5 million, the sale of that building. Wow. Yeah. Holyoke, uh, the Canal District of Holyoke has, uh, I don't remember how many buildings mm-hmm. now, are supposedly being turned into uh, grow operations. Yep. Hey, why not? You know, I mean, the other, the other if, if, if not this purpose, then these things sit vacant and, mm-hmm. and, and rotten. And ha- yeah, a long time. As long as it's legal, right? Yep. Who cares? And we're talking about money, the Big E, receiving a $9 million grant from the Federal Shuttered Venues Operators Grant Program. U.S. Representative Richard Neal worked hard to secure the money and said that the grant ensures now that the Big E will experience, quote, the trampoline effect as it continues to bounce back from right. COVID-19 uh, challenges uh, and hardship. I don't even know how Eugene J. Kennedy, uh, Eugene J. Uh, Cassidy, rather, uh, was able to finagle that one. Come well, on, nine million dollars well, to the Big E. That's I, Richard Neal's hard work. Yes, but as you know, John, uh, the Big E lost their shirt this uh-huh. year. Yeah, not making <laughs> not making money with one hundred seventy seven thousand people there in a single day. Nine million dollars. Got some kind of nerve. <laughs> and they still and they still charge Richie Neal yeah. ten bucks to park his car. Uh, this is interesting. Hurts is buying 100,000 Teslas as rental cars for its customers. Yeah, what's that going to run The company pivoting toward electric vehicles now. Of course, they did file for Chapter 11 last year, if you remember. So Hertz facing all sorts of competition in the rental car industry. This is their edge they're looking for, the rental car company using those electric vehicles and also plans to install thousands of charging stations at its locations. My question is, would this prompt you to rent one of these types of cars just to see if it worked, or would you be scared that you'd run out of energy during no. your vacation somewhere? The, the last time I had uh, rented a car, got into an airport, had to wait in a two-hour line, and I said, "You know what? To hell with this! I'm going to take Uber okay. everywhere yeah. I went." Yep. And I wound up. You know, I did the math, and granted, math's not my strong suit, but I could figure out the simple math. It would have cost me more to keep the car reservation. Really? Well, of course. And to take I mean, the Uber. Considering yes. what they've raised their prices to. And that's where they should be putting their money, is into the operation. I mean, yes, I realize they need vehicles because they sold all the vehicles when the, when the pandemic came along. But even the ones that have the walk by the counter and, you know, go straight out to the lot, you still stand on line out at the lot. I mean, it's just like it's like the doctor taking you out of the waiting room, putting you in the exam room, and you sit there alone for twenty minutes. Yep, it's just simply relocating the wait. That that's what they ought to do is eliminate the enti- make make it entirely electronic. You get your car reservation online. You get a barcode, just like the airline tickets. You get a barcode. You walk out of the airport. You go over to your assigned car. And you the, get it and you drive away. And the car should be waiting for you. Yeah, that, that would be a, a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. But of course, oh, I'm full of them. 
Well, I don't even know if you came up with that. Idea. Oh, yeah. So you just heard me, didn't you? Yeah, but I don't know if you came up with that. Oh, idea. believe me. that one's, That's one I've been working on. Well, maybe Hertz needs to rehire O.J. Simpson as a spokesman, too. Remember when he yeah, yeah, that's right. shelled for that company? Well, the question, again, is uh, would you rent an No, electric- I would not. I no. mean, And I think what they're going to get are either the curious or the people who've already had an experience driving an electric car and the people concerned about climate change. Most people rent a car because of its... Uh, of, of its price you know they want the best mm-hmm. deal sure if you're gonna have me rent a a, a tesla and you're gonna charge me for you know for that and maybe even extra to to do it would it be or would it be less i don't know i, I, don't, think, no I don't think it'd be less i just i just you know to me i don't think that's such a big deal well so, and the other thing behind price is size you know if it's a family and they've got suitcases and they've got luggage that they need to get from the airport to the hotel or the airbnb or wherever they're staying you know i i don't think there's this this is going to be like for the person who rents specialty vehicles, Humvees, Corvettes, sure. things I, like that. But I know from uh, my perspective, I'm not that kind of consumer. No. Could care less. Either. And so you're also saying you'd never buy one of these vehicles Oh, either. please. No. All right. Very good. I have I, all the luxury I need now. I'm not spending $30,000 for a car. High wind watch, <laughs> boy. In effect, really, you really sell the sizzle of the car you're driving now. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, but I mean, it, it's used. I don't. I wouldn't buy a new car that costs that much money. Well, even if it, it, it saved you money over the long run. Yeah. No. No. I'm no. No. Uh, I'm not, not one of those kind people of who can. Uh, I, I can't appreciate the upfront spe- uh, expense for the long term savings. In addition to the high wind watch for Massachusetts, we also have perhaps flooded roads and underpasses with rainfall greater than one inch per hour through tomorrow. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. That's news to me on Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 657 on Rock 102. This Saturday, it's the uh, big Halloween celebration of the Rumble Seat Bar and Grill in Chicopee. I'm going to be there from 9 to 11 with the Rock 102 row crew as they get ready for the uh, their big costume contest, $250 cash prize for the best overall costume. A couple of uh, categories to think about, the sexiest, the best couple or group, funniest, most original, and scariest. And, of course, the big grand prize of 250 for the best overall. It's the Halloween celebration this Saturday, October 30th, at the Rumble Street on Springfield Street in Chicopee with me and the road crew from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. That's rain or shine. Rain or shine. So we got a gale warning in effect for today. Uh, a lot of heavy rain, a lot of uh, damaging winds, a lot of flooding, and uh, the spooktacular in Chicopee is being postponed ah. because of the weather. Ah. Yeah, they expect to attract 3,000 people. So uh, it's being moved to Thursday from 4 to 7 in Zot Park. Gotcha. And they're blaming it on the weather. My guess is, you know, after asking for all the donations of candy, they probably were stacking all that candy somewhere in City Hall. And, and I, bet, uh, I bet Mayor View uh, accidentally, well, not accidentally, but accumulatively uh, ate all the candy. Well, how long did it take him to stack that uh, those Kit Kats? Uh, an hour. An hour? Took you an hour to make that <laughs> candy lineup? 
Uh, by by the way, uh, may I add here? We were talking ye- yesterday about how what Halloween costume you could have now that you're injured backs and yeah. you have the. Did Stephen Hawk? I know he. You know you guys know this guy. He yeah. wrote me last night and said, "Backs can use my wheelchair and go as Christopher Reeves." Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, you know, I, I'm gonna I want to pass on that one because I got to get on stage. Yeah, so not to mention you'd be leaving a man in a heap. No, no, no. He's for got hours. a he's got a second one. Oh, all yeah, right. he's got uh, one for every day one. He sent me pictures <laughs> of both. By the way, him sitting in his first wheelchair and yeah, the empty second one next to him. I think he switches, you know, odds and evens. Yeah. You know, one day it's that one, the other day it's that one. <laughs> it's six fifty nine, and Steve Weissman from scamicide.com coming up in just a few minutes on Rock One Hundred Two. Save your. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, tonight is game one of the World Series between the Houston Astros versus the Atlanta Braves. And while this may not be the enticing matchup that you were hoping for, or that anybody was hoping for, this is the World Series that you're stuck with instead. You got a team that became notorious for cheating, Versus a team that boldly offends the cultural sensitivities of indigenous peoples with their insensitive imagery. And don't get me started on that whole tomahawk chop business. Hell, I'm not completely past when the Braves left the city of Boston nearly 70 years ago. And yet somehow, this is a World Series matchup that I'm supposed to care about when clearly I do not. So with Game 1 kicking off tonight at 8 o'clock in Houston, I have to make a decision. I can either watch the game with jaded disinterest or I can see what else is available. I know there's a new episode of The Bachelorette tonight on ABC. There's also uh, tonight's episode of The Voice. There's also three straight new episodes of Vanderpump Rules on Bravo. In other words, there's nothing else to watch tonight but maybe Netflix, where I will vacillate for two or three hours while I try to remember what I watched and what I didn't. Now, you might say, but Paxi, it's the World Series. You never know how exciting these games might be. It could wind up becoming the most exciting postseason matchup in baseball history. Yeah, sure it will. You have two teams playing against each other in a series that I don't care about. In fact, the only situation that might be satisfactory to me is if both teams could lose, which, of course, they can't. In fact, the only ones who are guaranteed to lose are the fans of Major League Baseball who really want to see Boston face the Dodgers instead. Rather than give us something interesting, something that we might all be willing to watch, we've got this series. Believe me, if a World Series has gotten me to strongly consider something on Bravo as a viable entertainment option, that's when you know you've got a problem. Now, unless Andy Cohen is going to have a Red Sox reunion show after each one of these games, I don't see myself diving right in. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pull up the Rocky's October sales flyer in your phone and computer. It's loaded with great bargains on Scott's Winter Guard Turf Builder, Warner Ladders, and a whole lot more. What's on sale at Rockies this month? It's always at your fingertips at Rockies.com. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7-Eleven and the doors on Rock 102. Oh, my God. It is so much worse than we've, we've been saying. Uh, I've been passing along this little, oh, there's a gale warning in effect. It, Al Roker can't decide whether this is a nor'easter, a bomb cyclone, or a bombogenesis. Probably one of uh, one of each. It could be all of them by the time it's over. And uh, by the way, it's uh, 50 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. At least it's not an atmospheric river, which is what it was over California during the um, Sunday night football game. We don't, we don't need that kind of foolishness. 
On the phones right now, a different kind of foolishness. Scamicide.com's very own Steve Weissman. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Terrific. How are you guys doing? Very good. Uh, okay, because I have gotten the Jones out of me for uh, online gambling. Uh, the The reason for this conversation kind of started last week when Connecticut began allowing online gambling and you have to be in Connecticut to do it. I went down there, yeah. tried to sign up for the uh, one of them, either Mohegan Sun or Foxwoods account. And because for some stupid reason, I thought I needed a Connecticut address, I put my mom's address in there and the last four digits of my social security number, which they asked for. And lots of people ask for the last four digits, but because of the address mix up, they told me then that they could not register me without my entire uh, social security uh-huh. number. And uh, I gave them that. You know, it isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world if it was done securely and if it was done on the right app. Because, uh, frankly, um, a couple of interesting things here. One is the, the last four digits of your social security number for someone your age uh, will be the the key numbers. The uh, the first two sets deal with where and when uh, you were born, and so this is something where people often don't realize if they're only giving the last four digits of their social security number. If they're go- giving them to someone who is pretty sophisticated technologically, they're going to be able to find out the whole number. Oh, and you're the, the and you're that the, guy, John. You're yeah. very sophisticated. No, no, he's talking about <laughs> me as the victim. Go on. Yeah, but the. As far as Mohegan goes, they need it for ta- they need it for two reasons. One is for tax reasons because they're probably figuring it's John O'Brien. He's going to win considerable money, uh-huh. and the IRS requires them to uh, report this to the IRS for winnings generally over over six hundred dollars. So they need your social security number for that. But they also do it as a security measure, and this is part of the online gambling is a there's a concern in all of the states that have it that they don't want minors doing it so they're also using that social security number to match to your age and uh, this when the address didn't match uh, what the uh, social security number what showed from other data banks that they were using that's when they asked for the the whole thing just to make sure but the other thing that i'm i'm confused by and and I, this is not obviously uh, authentic or unique rather i'm sure this is the way it's done all over the country you go into the apple store to download not the mohegan sun app but the fanduel app because they are actually the operators yeah. of the online portion of Mohegan Sun. And I'm assuming that since I'm getting it through the Apple store, it must be legit. Yeah, not so much. And, you know, that's part of the the big problem is the Apple store and uh, really all of the, the legitimate sources like that, uh, Google Play, they they do make a pretty good effort at uh, vetting out uh, the various apps that are there. But I, I got to emphasize, the, it's pretty good. And what's happened is there have been particularly a lot of apps that are used for banking. And uh, there have been a lot of scammers who have been able to get apps in there. You think you're downloading a legitimate banking app, and what you're downloading is one that's uh, going to be sending your banking information uh, to the criminal. 
And as a matter of fact, there was a, a recent discovery uh, that there were literally millions of people who had uh, downloaded a uh, an Android app uh, that was stealing uh, information uh, from them and from their phones. And this was this was an app that had gotten through on the the Google Play Store, and uh, this one at least was not going to do identity theft. It was going to sign you up for premium text messages like dating tips, charging at $35 a month and on your phone bill where you wouldn't even notice it. So you can't necessarily trust the the app store. Um, if you're going to do something, I'd say, like with Mohegan, I would think they would allow you to get the app directly from their website. So, uh, you know, even paranoids have enemies. You're okay generally on the App Store, but not always. But, you know, the thing is, Steve, and again, you know, Steve Weisman from Scamicide.com, you know, the, the average person may not be able to tell whether or not it's a legitimate app or a legitimate site. And if you're being asked to provide information like your Social Security number, or even a, you know, a, a, a a bank number, or you know whatever it might be, you know most users are not sophisticated enough to be able to tell the difference. That's why so many of these scams are successful. So what do you do? Are you better off not doing it, or you know giving a, a leap of faith? Yeah, um, I'm not so big on faith these days. Uh, and you know the first part of what you said is absolutely 100 percent correct. Uh, I would even say more than the average person. I this is my this is what I do, and I don't trust it. And so you have to really take extra precautions. So one of the things is, again, if if I'm going to provide personal information, I don't trust a website. I don't trust the app unless I get it from the exact source. And that's where, yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to use a lot of apps that, provide, that require me to give uh, a lot of personal information. Uh, I generally, like for my banking app, I go to my bank to get that. Um, at some point, there's a level of faith. At some point, you figure something can go wrong, so you want to make sure that you have uh, good security software on your uh, on your phone, on your computer, and don't store your passwords on your on your phone and your computer. It makes it easier, but it also makes it easier for you to get caught. So because what is it you say about app. trust? Trust me, you can't trust anyone. Yes, there it is. <laughs> Everyone, take a shot of vodka. We've got We're the drinking be game going. With that now on Scamicide.com. <laughs> Do you really? Hey, uh, aside from being a, a scam artist, you're also a lawyer. Um, so, <laughs> which sometimes is one of the same. The two go together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you you mentioned uh, being able to provide uh, perhaps some uh, insight into the uh, the Alec Baldwin. Any any potential responsibility criminal civil or otherwise that alec baldwin might personally have over this uh, onset shooting what what do you th what do you see or could see yeah you know as far as alec baldwin goes in and actually you john uh, you hit on this the other day when you said if he has any liability uh it is most likely as a producer and not as uh, the actor Alec Baldwin, the actor, was handed a prop gun. And prop gun doesn't mean it's a fake gun. They call them because they're using them as props. Very often they use real guns, but they don't have uh, bullets in them. They'll have blanks, but even blanks, uh, as we've seen before, can be dangerous. But in any event, as the actor, he was given one. He didn't have a duty to double-check that himself. So as the actor, he's out. 
as a producer, he may, and I emphasize may have some liability, because first of all, uh, the, his duties as a producer could have been quite limited, and I think probably were, and didn't extend to the safety protocols or who they're hiring to be in charge of this. I think the production company, the uh, actual person who was in charge, the, the prop master, uh, there you've got some, uh, some real, real liability. Uh, possibly even if the uh, negligence extends to a egregious, reckless action that qualifies as gross negligence, could be involuntary manslaughter. But I think there's uh, a lot of a lot of smoke uh, and no real fire when it comes to Alec Baldwin, really with any kind of personal liability. There's uh, another topic that John you raised last hour that I think Steve might have some intel on. That's the idea of advertising on billboards for services rendered in one state while you're advertising in another state, such as, say, gambling or cannabis. Or fireworks. Yeah, John, I think the specifics were Connecticut, right? Yeah, Yeah, Connecticut is, the Attorney General in Connecticut is saying that the dispensaries of Massachusetts that are putting up billboards in Connecticut, it's illegal, and that they're going to go after the dispensaries and the billboard companies. But, you know, we talked about how uh, by mid-June you start seeing uh, billboards for fireworks in new hampshire here in massachusetts even though possession of the firework is illegal in this state are there different rules based on legislation based on product you know i i don't think there are and uh, you know in my in my media law class we've dealt with this with with gambling in the past uh, in regard to television advertising and you know before we ever had a uh, any casinos uh, in Massachusetts we were getting plenty of ads for Foxwood and Mohegan Sun and that was uh, that was legitimate and legal uh, unless there is some kind of specific law uh, regarding billboards uh, and maybe there is because I'm going to assume the Connecticut Attorney General knows what he's talking about um, I, you know, you're advertising a legitimate product. You're not advertising the product as being available uh, in in Connecticut. So I, I, I sort of got my questions as to uh, whether his threats, you know, have any real uh, uh, gravitas to him. Well, I mean, I mean, I can see you know casino gambling, you know, at the time because the only place to do that locally was in Connecticut. If anything, it was advertising a destination as opposed to an activity because you would they you know, would advertise, you know, events and concerts and stuff like that. But when it comes to, you know, especially the example of fireworks, you know, it's, you know, to me, you're talking about something, you know, that is, you know, clearly the law says this is illegal in Massachusetts, but it says go to New Hampshire and then bring a, and, and with the suggestion of you're probably not going to light them off all <laughs> while you're there. So... You know, if you're coming home with them, you know, it, it just it, to me, it's, it's like the the message of those billboards is preposterous. Yeah, and I, I think you you may have hit it on the head uh, more there, uh, as you say, as far as the gambling. You're going to the gambling, and it's uh, it's not illegal to come back. But uh, if you are indeed, we've seen the you know the firework ads uh, on billboards for a long time. But there are issues about the uh, the discharging of them uh, in you know in states that do have uh, bans on it. So yeah, I think uh, there may be some legitimacy to uh, some kind of limiting according to the product. I would think that as far as the marijuana goes, Connecticut, who does not yet have dispensaries, would not necessarily yet have laws 
surrounding the advertising. I would think, considering all of the work that they put into it and how much time it took for the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission to finally get legislation put together, they would have been more responsible for saying, you can put up billboards, but they have to be in the state. Well, plus, couldn't you get away with uh, advertising for something like that under the guise of tourism? I mean, you know, you could be selling cannabis as a tourism effect <laughs> in Connecticut for people traveling to Massachusetts. Yeah, you know, it, the thing is, uh, John, I, I think you're probably pretty accurate. I mean, when all any of the states, and particularly Massachusetts, were making uh, decisions regarding every little aspect about cannabis, it made me wonder if they were already stoned because it just took them forever. <laughs> Players.org. It's 728 with Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. Tomorrow on the show, uh, G. Michael Dobbs, the reminder, will be uh, joining us. G. Michael Dobbs. Yes. I uh, I still can't get over that whole uh, Exit 7 Players version of Tommy with the band suspended over the stage. Did, uh, like, uh, Aaron Hernandez and Jeffrey Epstein join a band or no. something? I don't think they're suspended like that. <laughs> I don't think that's. I, I, just, I mean, that'd be, a, that'd be an interesting show. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think there would, there would be like a second show. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think you maybe get to the uh, matinee, but nothing at night. It's kind of weird. Uh, we have news coming up next. A Rock 102. If New England's starting quarterback throws a touchdown, you could win a Collins fly today. The 333 Canal Street property. It happened on October 8th, and it sold for $1.5 million. They should reposition Holyoke as the rolling paper city. That's. Uh, I already said that. When? A couple of years ago when when we were talking to Alex Morse and and all these other places were buying up all those factories in the Canal District. I said Rolling Paper City. Well, I'm so sorry, but Alex Morse isn't even here to confirm that. Well, I'm I'm sure we have a podcast somewhere. Well, you'll have to go back and know the exact date of when it happened. I'll just listen to them all till I find it. Good luck to that. Yeah, like I'm going to do that. Uh, More cannabis news across state lines in New York, where state police there have seized cannabis plants, but at a much lower rate than recently. The seizures of marijuana plunging this year in New York State as the state legalized possession of small amounts of pot and some local law enforcement agencies in New York backing off of efforts to root out the cannabis crops, according to a report. For years, state police have deployed helicopters to help local police and sheriffs spot and seize pot being grown in large quantities in New York State. But apparently, they're not doing that so much anymore. Well, it's very uh, labor intensive. It's also very expensive. And, uh, you know, the, the idea that even though it's still illegal to grow your own in that kind of quantity, um... You know, the product itself. How, when's the last time you saw the feds take down a, a moonshine distillery? Mm-hmm. Now you got a point there. It doesn't happen very often. No. But, you know, uh, they, I mean, there are always going to be certain people that will want to have their own illegal operation. Sure. And then try to sell it on their own and not worry about, you know, the law or, or you know, licensing. Sure. Because the quite DIYers. frankly. Right. Because quite frankly, what the actual cannabis industry has done is they've jacked up the price so there's a black market for cheaper just as effective weed that uh, you know you know uh, the independent 
uh, grower, dealer, operator can enjoy. Well, not necessarily just as, uh, what did you just say? Just as- um, The independent? No, no, no. The, uh, the You referred to the marijuana as just as- uh, Just as, uh, just as uh, powerful, yeah, just, as, yeah. uh, just See, as strong? That's the difference. Yes, they raise the price a little bit, but you're guaranteed purity when you're buying it from a dispensary. The guy who's selling it or, or, or growing it in a field somewhere, you don't know the level of, of uh, THC. You don't know the level of purity. You don't know that he hasn't put some kind of pesticides in it. It's it's still better to go with the with the known product. But it's going to run you. Yeah. You're going well, to you're you're pay for that peace of mind. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is, again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong to go with the independent guy. Because, you know, that's, I mean, you, 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 you run your own... You run your own risk no matter what it is. It could be, uh, you know, weeds or cupcakes or, you know, what have you. But, you know, I mean, uh, stuff's expensive. Cupcakes. What's the black market value on a good cupcake now? A good cupcake? Depends mm-hmm. on what's in it. I'll By the you, way, that whole cupcake craze passed, didn't it? It yeah. did, and, and, and thank goodness, because yeah. I, I always preferred cake by the slice, not by the cup. And as far as... Uh, Growing marijuana, that would be not DIY, but GIY, I guess, John. Yeah, grow your own. Man. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, we move from marijuana to onions. The FDA has expanded its recall of fresh whole onions due to concerns over salmonella. The FDA now urging people to throw out onions from several different sources, including some that are included in popular meal kits. The recall now includes onions from Every Plate Onions. Hello Fresh Onions, Green Giant sold by Potandon Produce, and something called MVP Onions sold through Keeler Family Farms. The Mass.Live or MassLive.com story has the entire list of product codes available for you in the story in case you're worried about onions. Would you mind reading them off individually? <laughs> I don't, do you really think that's going to be a benefit to our ratings well, here me, on Rock 102? Well, let me not? grab a pen. <laughs> Go read it for yourself, a.k.a. I don't have it in front of me. Sorry. <laughs> the, I ain't worried about no onions. No? Yeah, but you, no. I'll tell you what. You have a little bit of salmonella in you. Hey, you'll be worrying about the onions. Exactly. I had uh, I had the um, I had the fried onions uh, the other night at the uh, White Castle um, tent. White uh, Hut. Truck. White, White Hut. Hut truck, right, yeah, not, at, uh, at uh, the... Oktoberfest. Yeah, I don't think uh, the, the White Castle's got uh, got a truck around here. Yeah, I was tossing it around. I couldn't yeah. decide whether I wanted White Hut, White Castle, White House, or uh, White Supremacy. <laughs> it was one of those. I would choose the White <laughs> Hut every single time yeah. over all of those. On the food front, Patriots rookie QB Mac Jones revealing the secret to his success. And that is? Mac and cheese? No, but it's close. He was on WEEI yesterday, the radio station out of Boston, describing his traditional pregame meal. And he's done this going back through college. He eats at 6 in the morning. What if he's got a Monday? What if it's a nighttime game? Doesn't say. Mm. Steak, eggs, and spaghetti. There it is. The hmm. secret to Mac Jones's success. They actually were talking about that during the game. Uh, uh, Tony Romo and, and Jim Nance were discussing that. Well, it goes to show you they needed something to talk about yeah, in a 54 right. 13 blowout, <laughs> yeah, after, right? After a blowout, what do you really want to concentrate on the game? You know, uh, remember like Wade Boggs used to eat chicken. That's right. During the, like every single day for every single meal during, uh, during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Every single meal? Yeah, yes. Every single meal. Breakfast? 
breakfast. Breakfast chicken. Well, breakfast it's an egg. Chicken. Essentially the same thing, right? Eggs is chicken. Oh, so he, he ate chicken-based products. Yeah. Yeah, but always, at least to be sure, ate chicken. He had a whole recipe book, I think. Well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, usually the egg for breakfast. But after that, it's all chicken. I get a little tired of chicken for 164 games. I kind of eat like that myself. I eat a lot of chicken. A lot of chicken. Yeah, I do too. But I, you know, sometimes I like to mix it up a little bit. Mm. You know, maybe some pork, uh, some beef, uh, and then go back to chicken. Yeah. Well, I like to have a. I like to. I like to see him crossbreed a chicken and a cow. Well, that would be unusual. It certainly would be. That'd be perverse. But 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 tasty. There's an update on the class action lawsuit against Kellogg's. Oh God, I have that right here on my screen. The Illinois woman who is suing Kellogg's, says there's false advertising on packages of frosted strawberry Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Um, First of all, I don't understand how uh, a single woman is uh, filing what is described in the article as a class action suit. She's waiting for you to join in, John. But, uh, yeah, she claims that she bought the Pop-Tarts because she expected to have more of the named fruit ingredient because apparently she's just been born or came to this planet (laughs) and didn't realize uh, that there wouldn't be very much, if any. In fact, uh, it contains 2% or less of actual strawberries. Yes, but she says that Kellogg's touts the, quote, timeless yet yummy flavor of strawberries in its advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you can make something taste like something without actually using the something. True, but is there any one of us that doesn't love a good strawberry Pop-Tart? I, I'm not crazy about Pop-Tarts. What? Yeah. Get out! The, also, <laughs> the lawsuit also claims the use of Red 40 dye makes the Pop-Tart filling look bright red That's- like it... Only strawberry, like it's only strawberries and has more strawberries than it does. Listen, I used to eat the Red 39 uh, and down for years. Red 40 is a superior product. And if you have that in a Pop-Tart, you say, you know what? Thank good for chemistry. That's what makes it taste this, good. Absolutely. Yes. You know, That's what makes the Pop-Tart so t- fantastic. I'm looking back now at the at the copy that we have. Yeah, here it is. Uh, e- even Dunkin' Donuts, the, the apple cranberry flavored drinks, it said it right in the commercial. Zero percent fruit juice. If you're holding a box of Pop Tarts and it says two percent or less, you're gonna file a lawsuit because you don't think there's enough. They're, they're telling you right there it's two percent or less. Duncan's telling you it's zero percent. Mm. If you read it on the label or you hear it in the advertising, that kind of seems like the product has covered its ass. Well, and it, it reminds me of the uh, lawsuit that happened, like I think, last year about ginger ale not containing any real ginger in it. I don't know if that was successful or not. Did it have any ale in, in it? Uh, no, no, there was not, no ale either. No, <laughs> no ginger of, or ale. I mean, it's you know, it's not like going to a subway and ordering the the tuna. You know, you're not going to get that. <laughs> There's no root or beer in an A and W. Actually, they sometimes use the root as a flavoring. The root of what? I believe it is the sassafras tree. No, now you're just making up words. <laughs> I think he's right, actually. Uh, My uh, Aunt Helene used to plug um, sarsaparilla every time I came over to her place. She yes. said, Davey, you got to have some sarsaparilla. Yeah, that's right. It's similar to what the product you're talking about. Exactly. Right? They make tea out of it, and they also use it as a 
flavoring for root beer. Hmm. And in any case, if, you're welcome. If, yeah. if they're going to talk about the quote timeless yet yummy flavoring of frosted strawberry pop tarts, I think you should use that as a tagline for the Bax and O'Brien show. Timeless yet yummy. I think it works. There you uh, go. <laughs> you it's got an aftertaste. You're not well. That's <laughs> that's true. A nasty aftertaste. The president of a West Springfield trucking company implicated in a 2019 crash that took the lives of seven motorcyclists. I know you guys talked about this a lot. This happened in New Hampshire. That president of that West Springfield trucking company will plead guilty today to falsifying safety records. D'Artagnan Gasanoff of West Springfield will plead guilty to a single criminal charge in U.S. District Court. Gasanoff and his brother, listed as the vice president of Westfield Transport, were indicted in connection with the crash earlier this year. The driver facing charges of negligent homicide, manslaughter, and driving under the influence and reckless conduct stemming from that crash. But they didn't say, uh, at least not in the story I saw in the news, I haven't read the one yet in Mass Live, whether or not the paperwork that they are accused of, uh, what is it, forging or doctoring? What did you say that they did to the paperwork? Um, let me go back into the story here. Jesus, uh, did I say that? Like the first line. Uh, implicated uh, in uh, the 2019 crash. That's all it says. Implicated. Oh, falsifying safety. Falsifying safety, safety records. records. There you go. And, and, I, and it doesn't say whether or not that's in relation to the truck that hit the motorcycle mm-hmm. or... Is it just that when the investigators came in and audited the entire company, they found instances of falsified records that had nothing to do with the crash in New Hampshire? Hmm. Doesn't doesn't really differentiate either side. Good yeah. questions. Get Steve back on the line. Well, uh, yeah. well, I he's don't a lawyer. Think he knows. No, but you know, I, I, of uh, of. There's no defense in what they did. I mean, no. uh, the only thing for them to do is plead guilty. Really? Well, but again, we don't we don't know whether the records are in reference to the vehicle that was in the crash. I mean, you know, for, for obviously the driver is predominantly responsible for the accident right. and the deaths. But they're and also, even that will be questioned. But they're also responsible for hiring a driver who had this mm-hmm. record of you know, drunk driving and uh, and negligence. Yeah, well, and that could very well be the very records that we're talking. I'm going to guess that probably that that's part of it because, yeah, yeah the the truck may have uh, been you know poorly maintained, but ultimately the decision to let that guy drive for your company is uh, is you know what they're being held accountable for. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dave. We may finally know. What Stevie Nicks's problem is? The former singer from Fleetwood Mac. I could say rails of cocaine. Might be my guess. That, along with an odd bedtime, she told British Vogue that her bedtime regularly is eight a.m. Eight a.m. That's when she goes to bed. Correct. She's she, a she's a night person. She has problems with insomnia and said that her bedtime actually used to be five a.m. and she changed to eight a.m. She usually sleeps until early afternoon. Early afternoon with an eight a.m. Yep. That's not a lot of sleep. Well, that's, well, that's what But then gets. again, if she's an insomniac, it's the other part of her problem, apparently. No, oh, she's got many of them. Yeah. Hey, I don't uh, know if you saw this, but uh, 22 News did the story uh, yesterday. Did you see that uh, Bob's Bakery in Chicopee is closing? It's uh, Well, yeah, I saw it on their website today, but I cannot place it. 
right there on Exchange Street. And uh, it's got the big sign, home of the Punchki. And they make terrific Punchkis over there. And they're closing after 56 years. Yeah. It's uh, another sign of the pandemic. No, I know. I know. But you know what? Even even in times of, uh, of, of trouble. public trouble. Uh, uh, Mother Mary comes to me. I don't remember her name being Mary. But I do remember the Punchkis being uh, fantastic. And even in troubled times, uh, it all goes away with a big, giant Punchki in your gut. Well, but when you limit yourself to a season, when you have Punchki season... You know, the whole rest of the year. Yeah. How are you how are you selling punchkies? Well, it's a Polish bakery, and I gotta tell you, there's all kinds of great stuff you can have all year round. You know, punchki is, yes, you're right, a certain time of year. But all those other delicious uh, treats, huh, gonna be ashamed to see them go. I once bought a hair with a bobka on it. Their uh, final day will be November twelfth. So if you're gonna go in, now's the time to do it. Very good. High wind watch in effect, or high wind watch. In effect, with flooded roads or underpasses and G- rainfall maybe exceeding one inch per hour today through tomorrow. John, the least you could do is say hi back. No, we already did that though. We we said hi. Now it's a bot. You well, know, now- if he said if he said, uh, uh, don't forget uh, the Patriots have a bye week this week. I would have went, oh, bye. <laughs> hey, I was just recapping. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. That's news to me on Rock 102. Are you thinking about switching your mobile carrier? Well, wireless savings are closer than you think. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 756 and Peter Gabriel on Rock 102. Could be a, let's see, a bomb cyclone, a bombogenesis. Uh, it's going to be ugly for the next 24, maybe 36 hours. A lot of rain today, a lot of wind, uh, a lot of flooding as well. It's 50 now in downtown Springfield. You ever miss a part of the Baxter and O'Brien show or any Baxter and O'Brien show? Always check out the daily podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or on BaxonO'Brien.com. It's also where you'll find Baxi's musical podcast this week. My guest is Andrew Ferris from NXS. You can uh, check that out again on BaxonO'Brien.com. I had uh, visions of missing the second half of this show today. <laughs> how, did you, how did you just lock yourself out of the building? <laughs> it's, it's, it's complicated. It, it, try and follow this. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm sitting here in my studio down the hall where I have uh, my coat. And my baseball cap that I wear when it's raining outside to keep my glasses dry. And um, I have the fob to my new luxury car uh, in my uh, jacket pocket. I wanted more gum. I, I was down to my last stick of gum here. I know I have gum in the car. So um, I ran upstairs. There are two. There are two exits. Well, there's a number of exits to the building. But there are two exits to the building that would take you out to the parking lot one of which is also used as an entrance. And that one has a fob that you use to get in. Right. Um, I went out the old door because that was a faster route to my car. You actually get there faster than walking through the building and out the main entrance. Sure. But I didn't put anything in the door jam to keep it from locking behind me because I thought I had my fob to get in the front of the building. Then when I realized or thought I didn't have it, then I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, I'm locked out of the building. And I don't have my phone. I can't even call the hotline to say, hey, let me in. So I had to, uh, I had to uh, maneuver myself through uh, shrubbery uh-huh. and, uh, and uh, landscaping to bang on the window 
the, where you are right. uh, in the studio. Sure. And uh, and um, I hear you go, what? Like, you know, like I do this every day. Instead of saying, are you okay? Well, I can't assume. Do it. you need me to call 911? Listen, I got some guy banging on my window. I can't assume it's you. Well, could be uh, anybody. Could be anybody trying to bang on that window. I believe. Uh, no, actually, there is. I, well, I don't want to give security secrets away. But uh, then it dawns on me. You know what? Uh, I do have the fob to get in the front door because it's on the fob of my new luxury car. Well, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Like, how many different fobs do you have on different rings? It 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 was a complete brain fart. Ah, I so, have both fobs on the same ring. So it's a good thing Dave was here because if I had to go mm-hmm. up there with my crutches uh-huh. to help you down uh-huh. with my bum leg, then only to find out that I didn't need to do that, I'd be pretty right. angry. Yeah, well, well, we'd all be pretty angry. You're assuming I wasn't angry for even going up there on my own. That's yeah. what I mean. I mean, he's old, yeah. you know, Dave's older than exactly. I am, for crying out loud. I mean, yeah. you know, I basically had some, you know, a, a old, broken down man to go do my bidding. I only got so many trips up the stairs left in me, for well, Christ's sake. Meanwhile, you had another old man standing out in the parking lot, freezing in the middle of a bombogenesis. And whose fault is that? Well, it turns out not to be anybody's, because I had all the fobs I needed. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 813 Blue Oyster Cult on Rock 102. Yeah, don't fear the Reaper, but, but fear uh, old man weather. Whatever it is. That was well done. Uh, working on the fly. Uh, it, it's going to be nasty today. Heavy rain, winds, could be damaging, a lot of flooding. And uh, tomorrow it should be, actually tomorrow will be okay, but only in comparison to today. It is uh, 50 right now in downtown Springfield. Garbage, but not nearly as garbagey as what you have today. Exactly. Wrapped garbage. Right. Uh, disinfected garbage. You know, I've said this before. I'm not rich, okay? Um, I, I know how to save, and by the va- by the fact that I live alone and I don't have children, I haven't had to spend the kind of money the average person probably does. Well, you are driving a, an alleged luxury well, vehicle. I am now, but because it's near the end. I mean, um, when retirement age comes along, I intend to take advantage of it. I have no desire to be these people, and I'm going to talk about a new one right now, who at 79 years old is rejuvenating a career. Um, Judge Judy has signed a deal with Amazon. Amazon owns IMDb. Right. And they have created an online portal called IMDb TV. And it's free. It's ad-supported. It's got some original programming, and part of that programming is now going to include uh, a show called Judy Justice. Not Judge Judy. No. Nope. Because that name is owned by somebody else. Exactly. Gotcha. Next Monday, they will unveil uh, Judy Justice, a court show starring 79-year-old straight-talking judge Judith Scheinlin. Wow, there's hope for all of us. 79. 79. Well, she's pretty sharp, and my feeling is anyone that age who's starting a career obviously can't stand living at home or being at home or can't stand their spouse. Well, that is Judge Judy. Yeah. It is. The, uh, it's the one and the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I know that. Uh, so what? what's being different in this show is apparently on Judge Judy... The awards, uh, the damages awards maxed out at $5,000. 
This one, it's going to max out at $10,000. Ooh, higher stakes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're changing the look of the courtroom. They're going to include a stenographer and a law clerk. The law clerk will just so happen to be her granddaughter. Um, and uh, and uh, I'm trying to find uh, I'm trying to find the money numbers here, which they don't get into specifically. But Amazon is counting on Judge Judy to or Judy Judy Justice to help establish IMTV IMDb TV as a bigger player to go along with Pluto TV, to, uh, Tubi, uh, Peacock, Roku. Crackle, there, there are all these internet-based now television TV show providers. Yeah, all the stuff you don't have time to watch. Yeah, well, or you're or you're too old anyway. It's uh, pretty much uh, the year-to-year viewership has increased 138% among 18 to 49-year-olds. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not in there anyhow. But she's going to make, damn it, this was a, a longer article than I remembered when I heard it yesterday. It, it said what she made previously um, CBS paid her $47 million to tape 260 episodes of Judge Judy a year. Mm-hmm. $47 million a year, and she was on for how many years? Oh, my God. Uh, 20? Tons. Yeah, yeah. A long time. She says, look, I got enough money already for 24-7 nursing care till I'm 150 years old. <laughs> so while she has declined to give her salary for the new show... Amazon is paying her, they believe, about $25 million for the first 120 episodes. All right. You know what? This is uh, this is the uh, reality of a Judge Judy. She's 79, like you said. She is already worth her net worth, according to the internet, which I uh, believe in strongly. N- and never lies. Never lies when it comes to net worth of celebrities. Mm-hmm. $440 million. Okay, yeah. now that's before... That's before she inks the deal with Amazon. Yeah. Well, before they give her the checks, she's I, already inked the deal. Yeah, I, I know. But this, the, but this, that number is before that new deal. And my whole, whole uh, thing is, at seventy nine, mm-hmm. I don't really want to do much of anything. This is exactly what I started out by saying. I, I don't understand these people who feel. And look, I do get a little bit. I, I'm. I was talking to a guy last week who said it. And again, by not having children, I don't think this way. But he he said, you know, I've got X number of grandchildren yeah. that I want to make sure are taken care of. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What if you take care of your children, your children's responsibility is to take care of their children. Why are you still working at your age to take care of your grandchildren? You know, I, she does have five kids of her own, by yeah, the way. Yeah, which means kids. she probably has a bunch of grandchildren. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, let's do the math. Let's say uh, she divides it all up evenly amongst her children. They all get uh, about $88 million apiece. Yeah. Okay? It's their responsibility to take care of their kids. Out of that $88 million that they'll get from moms when she finally kicks the bucket. Now, I know you and I have talked about retirement mm-hmm. and i said uh you know then not that i'm counting but i have about approximately uh 3,231 days left to go right and then again i pointed out that you're assuming they're going to keep you a day after i leave oh and i've already got the memos that prove i will oh, anyway okay. my point is this you know you and i have discussed about you know whether i'll get bored in retirement i can tell you with a hundred percent confidence never to underestimate my ability to do nothing during a day and I love every minute of it. So 
I think I'm the kind of guy designed for retirement. Like I can see myself thriving in that kind of environment. If I knew I was going into retirement and still had $440 million to my name, I don't think I'd need to be all that anxious to sign a contract with anybody. And not only is she signing a contract, this is what gets me too. And I can see myself in retirement possibly getting bored and wanting something to do. I don't see myself either continuing or advancing my career. And clearly, Judge Judy has an agent. She has a manager. <laughs> You've spent and- the last 27 years of your career not advancing exactly, your career. Exactly. Being stuck in one spot. Uh, Judge Judy has people who are looking to make deals with places like Amazon or or uh, any of those other online uh, providers I just mentioned. Clearly, she said to somebody, her manager, her agent, look, uh, I'm not ready to put my feet up and stop working. Do me a favor, go out there and find me a new deal and make sure it's better than the last one. And they did. They went out, they got Amazon to say, yeah, sure, we'll sign a, a contract. We'll take on this 79-year-old. We won't go with more than a one-year contract at a time because, <laughs> after all, she's 79. Maybe. But, but we'll give her this much money. To me, what's the what's really the point? What, I know. What, there's no point to it. Well, the, you got you got to keep active at that age or else you okay, die. So, right. so get a job at uh, Home Depot. Yeah, something simple. Listen, if I try to occupy my time with employment, it won't be anything that requires a good deal of physical stress or well, or or mental uh, stress. Ment- I want I want something simple, easy and out. The mental stuff I, I get because again, even at 79, she's very very sharp and you stay that sharp by challenging your mind, um, and, and she's probably working one day a week. I mean, these, these I believe, are also half-hour shows. Crank them out. On so, one right. Yep. You That's crank it. them out in one day. You're yep. working one day a week for all that money. Sure. I, I guess that does make some sense. Um, she could uh, just enjoy life, as you were saying, at one of her four or five residences, including in Stamford, Connecticut. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Reading about this place here, according to the guy who helped decorate her place, he said, quote, I did a hotel in Nantucket that's smaller, end quote. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she's got quite a spread. Mm-hmm. Good God. For a 79-year-old woman, you got to look at her spread. I'm sure you'll be very impressed. No, thanks. <laughs> really rather not look at any spread involving uh, Justice Judy or Judy Justice. Judy Justice. Whatever it may yeah. be. It's 23 with Baxton O'Brien and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. I'm satisfied with our effort and results. If you go down, we'll pick you up. I'm John. That's all I'm saying. It's not. Uh, but how does the weekend look? How does the extended uh, forecast look? You know what? Look? I haven't even looked yet, but it doesn't matter anymore. Because the, 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 the days of highs in the upper 60s are over. And unless it's 65 or better, mm. I don't really care. Um, I, 60 on Thursday with no rain. Then rain Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. How do you like that? Yeah, not not, uh, not that great. No. But uh, listen, you know, I'm not going outside anyway. I mean, especially now. Yeah, you know, I got a I got a bum leg. I got the I got the crutches. Uh, I got like 28 days before anyone can review my X-rays. You know, by then, who knows what kind of damage uh, I could uh, incur? So yeah. yeah, hey, listen. I, there's there's nothing outside for me to, to enjoy. No, there's nothing. nothing uh, there's nothing left for me for uh, the next six months. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, even uh, we 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 closed up the camper this weekend. Actually, let me I should uh, let me rephrase that. Um, 
my my wife uh, and her friend uh, went to rise the oh, RV. Oh, that's what you did. You pulled the old leg injury to get out of uh, no. get out of winterizing a camper. No, because I hurt this like three and a half weeks ago. This is this is like a new injury. I didn't just, you know pull up on Saturday morning like oh I hurt myself. I can't help you. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I stayed home and uh, and they did it. Yeah. Although I still got you beat. Um, having a having a new home closing day on the opening day of a Mayflower marathon. Yeah, that was so, that was a good pl- a good planning. So, so that my ex wife had to do all the moving. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah that was a uh, that was a uh, boy. That was a big win. Yeah, that was a p- complete coincidence, I, and you were very lucky that it happened. I won that <laughs> battle, even if I lost the war. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> But you kept the house, and that really yeah, is all I that matters. I kept the body-littered battle, battlefield. <laughs> I kept Gettysburg. <laughs> it's like you're playing Risk, and you walk away with Kamchatka. Exactly. Good for you. <laughs> Day 28 News is next to Rock 102. 8 a.m. every Thursday, the Leah Auto Group is proud to present Scott Zolak from the Patriots broadcast booth as he breaks it down. 831 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by RM Gun Vault. They strive for the highest caliber of excellence. Ah! Filling, <laughs> it's like very clever. Yeah. Filling in for Steve Nagel today is Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3. They right. aim for the highest caliber. Yes, they, they do. They and, hit but the target. They hit the target on the highest caliber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we were talking about John's house earlier, just a few minutes ago. Maybe it will one day be for sale and be snapped up at a high price, John. Who knows? The most historic building in Worcester is now for sale. This is the home of Robert Goddard, considered to be the father of modern rocketry. That was his birthplace. And apparently it's only for sale because his alma mater's didn't want the property. So, so he's dead, I'm guessing. Goddard passed away yeah. in the middle of last century, but his wife didn't pass away until 1982. During the time between which Robert Goddard passed away and she passed away some 30 years, she befriended the folks across the street. They became like family members to her. And when Clark University and Worcester Polytechnic Institute passed on buying Goddard's property, right. they snapped it up. And the now, neighbors did. What's it? Yeah, the neighbors, because they yeah. became such close friends of Esther Goddard. And now that house is for sale, and the land the house sits on being sold separately. The house itself being listed for $459,000, and the land it sits on for an additional one hundred grand. I, I assume that must mean there's a contract somewhere that says that the buyer of the land must keep the house there. I, you know, I don't know. Apparently, according to Mr. McNamee, who represents the family that owns the property now, he, he says, I'm just doing this in order to maximize my profits from the sale. So I don't know. But I, don't I mean, know who would buy a house that you don't own the property? The the property owners could decide to tear the house down and build something else. Yeah. Unless somebody puts it in a historical registry somewhere and then you mm. can't knock down the house. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that is it. Exactly. Well, those of you who want to buy an historic home, you get together your uh, spare change from your couch cushions and go nah, get it. This, I would never buy an historic. I wouldn't even buy a home in a historic district. 
I hate those hysterical society people. Yeah, you know what? Uh, we've talked about this many, many times. Um, there are historical districts throughout uh, Springfield in which you cannot keep do anything. You cannot do anything that updates your house to modern standards. Mm-hmm. You have to keep it looking like old. it's eighteen seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old and inefficient. Tony the Whale's going to jail. I didn't mean to rhyme that, but it did. Anthony Carnuti a.k.a. Tony DeWale, faces up to four years in prison. He pleaded guilty Monday in U.S. District Court in Springfield to his role in a $1 million coast-to-coast marijuana distribution ring. He's from Pittsfield, and he admitted to shipping hundreds of packages of weed from a source in California all over the U.S., including a Massachusetts clientele that ran from the Berkshires to Boston. That's a hell of an operation. How about that, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know... the kind of thing where uh, they say this a lot of times about uh, white collar crime. If the person, if the criminal had put their uh, abilities towards something legal, mm-hmm. they could have been very successful at it. But what fun is that? <clears throat> well, it's no fun. It's no fun, especially if you're known as Tony the Whale. But, um, you know, if you were known as Bob the Accountant, um, then, you know, running a coast to coast operation. It's a pretty good thing to do. Yeah, but if you're Bob the accountant, you probably have these daydreams of being Tony the Whale. Uh, but you can, but you know it's out of your grasp because you're just Bob the accountant. The photographs of Tony the Whale that accompany the story on MassLive.com show him to be not a very large man. He was nicknamed the Whale because of the great business that he did uh, in yeah. weed distribution. Uh, it's like the irony of, uh, of uh, large people being called tiny. Right. So now you wonder if his prison inmates will refer to him as Tony the Whale or if he'll just be Anthony Carnuti. They are going to give him some brand new nicknames. (laughs) Don't you worry about a thing. I don't know about that. I watched enough of The Sopranos to know. Yeah. Meantime, 33-year-old Jose Gomez has no nickname. He's from Springfield. He was apprehended and arrested and charged with armed robbery after threatening staff members in the Walgreens at 707 State Street. Employees had confronted Gomez after they believed he was shoplifting about 10.10 in the morning this week. When they spoke to him, he flashed a knife, threatened them, and then fled. Yeah, I thought maybe it was over a late prescription. (laughs) I hate that when they tell you, you know, it'll be 20 minutes, and it's like an hour. Yeah, Looking for a flu shot, and they didn't have any. But I'm sick now. Right, right. I'm like... You know, they probably found a cure by now. That's how long I've been waiting in this line. Yeah, I, I like really, to say that sometimes. I've never really figured out what it, why it takes uh, 20 minutes or a half an hour to fill a prescription. Well. I mean, you're, uh, you're there, you know. Put everything, put your butter knife aside and start counting my pills for a change. What I can't figure <laughs> out is anything you get, like, you know, with my skin issues, any kind of an ointment that you get, um... They're not putting the ointment in the tube. No, they, 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 you know, and I realize there's different sized tubes, but it's like you walk over there, you grab a tube, you give it to me. They're going to tell you, well, you know, we have to run it through your insurance company, <laughs> to which I would say, oh yeah, look at this rash. Well, and, and especially if it's a recurring uh, prescription. Yeah, you know, you, you already know the insurance company is paying for this. Um, but by the same token, I don't mean to be uh, rough on on the chains because <coughs> I told you about that investigation that, that the New York Times did last year. Um, whether it's Walgreens or CVS, they are horribly, 
understaffed and overworked uh, at the pharmacy counters. So, sure. I mean, I feel for those people. Yeah, but you have the uh, automatic checkout now too at those gr- at those drugstores. So, you know, yeah, that's makes at the it front. Yeah, right. Yeah. But in the back, they they're. It's a lot of mess going on back there. Hey, if you're going to knock over a drugstore like a Walgreens, don't you have a better weapon than a knife? I mean, they got those plastic partitions between you and the cashiers anyway. I well, mean, he what- wasn't robbing the store, though. He was only shoplifting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were really- Well, he did threaten them, though, with the knife. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you don't need a knife. What you need is a screwdriver to take those pl- uh, plexiglass panels off. <laughs> now, let me get to that. Let me get to that cash register. Hold on a second. Hey, but could you hold on to that plexiglass? It's got a little give. Maybe it was a utility knife. Maybe. Maybe. A shooter in Springfield did use a gun yesterday about 5.15. Officers responding to the shot spotter system, finding a male victim near the intersection of Pearl and Mattoon uh, Streets. The victim is okay in stable condition now at Bay State Medical Center. Police are investigating the shooting in Springfield. Anyone with info asked to call the numbers, text the tip line, and make sure to type the word solve, followed by the message, and hit send. Oh. Eh, big deal. Another <laughs> shooting in Springfield. That's a big deal. If it's, ah, come on, it, please. Let's say you're the guy who got shot. He just said he's all right. He goes into the hospital, still probably ruined, on free health care. Still ruins your day. Eh, that's one not, day. It's not like you just you know, you go back to work the next day. Yeah, you got to investigate the crime. Well, that's the police. But the guy who got shot, and I'm guessing I, maybe he's not going back to work. Today. I happen to know for a fact, from people I know, who have been uh, hit by bullets and I will tell you this. You know it, people have been hit by bullets? Oh, yeah. And it wow. leaves a boo-boo. <laughs> so you want to say it's no big deal. Tell the dude with the boo-boo. Yeah. How do your friends get hit by bullets is the question. Or the people you know. I was a kid in high school. Uh, you know, He and his brother were playing with guns. And, you know, one thing happens uh, leads to another. And the kid gets shot. Wow. Didn't die. But uh, it hurt. And it left a boo-boo. True right. story. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Former New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady going into a new line of work, starting a clothing line in December. Head to toe Brady was what an Instagram post yesterday on the Brady brand stated, showing the QB in clothing with the word Brady printed all over them. How unusual. The bio states that Brady is the next generation apparel brand. I don't know if I need to dress like Tom Brady. Um, oh, well, I don't know if it's the kind of clothes that he wears, but uh, if you put a Tom Brady label on a pair of underwear, I want them. This is the same guy that was doing the UGG ads. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I don't listen. You're not going to sell me uh, the footwear on the Tom Brady brand. Well, there'll be no footwear because nobody can fill his shoes. Oh it's like uh, it's like uh, Sunday night, the Family Guy. <laughs> Uh, Peter and uh, Quagmire accidentally wore each other's underwear. Hmm. See, Peter wore Hanes and Quagmire wore Plains. <laughs> it was called Plains underwear. And when they wore each other's, uh, they took on each other's personalities. Could happen. I suppose it could. I mean, you're, yeah. you are exchanging the, the boys D- DNA uh, or, yeah. you know... No, thanks. And if fresh underwear is involved, people will buy them. I mean, they even bought Michael Jordan's used underwear recently at auction, for Christ's sake. Yeah? yeah. Well, these are used underwear as well. Yeah, but that was a cartoon. Uh, Conceivably, yes. A graduate of Worcester Technical High School took home a gold medal this past weekend in 
the pommel horse at the 2021 Artistic Gymnastics World Championships in Japan. Stephen Nedarosik, a 2016 graduate of Worcester Technical High School, first gold medal ever. Not too bad. In that particular event, the pommel horse. Pommel or pummel? Well, it's P-O-M-M-E-L. I think that's a misspell. No, that because when you pummel somebody, that's different than riding a pommel horse. I'll be I, damned. Uh, He's right. It is a pommel horse. I'll be damned. There you go. Well, then that's two in one year because uh, because I just discovered uh, earlier uh, during the Olympics that it's badminton. Yes. So we've uh, did the badminton, the yeah. pommel horse, and smorgasbord. Yeah. All in one, well, all in one a, day. But... All in one lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And that pommel horse is dangerous because, you know, it's that uh, beam that's padded but has the two handles on top of it that the guys yeah. use to, like, swing their body around. And, man, if you hit your crotch in just the oh, wrong yeah. – I mean – And it's hey. weird how it's just the men who do the pommel horse. Right. You know, if you – imagine if you didn't I'm, – I'm, I, I imagine they're wearing athletic supporters. But you imagine if you weren't? Those oh, yeah, things they, are just clanging off those hand things uh, like a like a bell. Yeah, right? when you think when you when you're just starting to do just starting to learn, you know, that event, you know, for the first time, you're mm-hmm. you're whacking your dink all the time. Oh, I mean, yeah. I gotta be I gotta believe like Tim Daggett probably uh, took a few shots here and there. That's and why yeah. he's such a high talker. No, that's why he's a, an Olympic gold medalist because the guy figured I'm never gonna do that again. I'm gonna learn how to do this thing correctly, yeah. and he did. Good yeah. for him. Good for you, Tim Daggett. The, you said you were going to do it, and you did it. Good for you, Jack. The governors of New Jersey and New York have each issued a state of emergency in advance of the anticipated nor'easter that will affect us, but not to that level. As Bax looks out the window. I'm looking outside right now. I'm not seeing anything uh, no. too crazy right now. It, it's pretty wild. There's a. I was looking at the radar earlier, and there's like this huge area around the northeast of green rain. And then, and then there's this little hole of uh, of nothing, like right over right over us. So for some reason, we're being spared at the moment. Oh, but it's gonna it's gonna tag. It's pretty good. Yeah, with heavy rains and rainfall greater than an inch per hour through tomorrow, and perhaps some flooded roads and, and underpasses as well. So be careful about that stuff and the high wind in effect as well. Hey, did you see how Dave Chappelle may be entertaining members of the transgender community? Yeah. The comedian under fire recently for comments he made during a special, and so the transgender community is demanding an audience with the comedian, and mm-hmm. he's saying, okay, but I got some rules if I'm going to meet with you. You have to have watched my entire special, and he's got a few other rules that go along with that as well. He says he's not just going to respond to wherever and whenever they want him, they'll agree on a common understanding. Well, as I said when this whole thing first blew up, if you haven't seen the entire special, it's very easy to take in particular jokes out of context to the larger uh, point of view that he was trying to to discuss. And so... I saw the special, although granted, I don't remember a lot of the lines... I don't remember watching it though and going, "Ooh, he's going to really hear it about that." No, because again, in in its in its totality, he kind of explains where he is at with the transgender community. And mm. it it's not just that he's telling, you know, uh, offensive jokes. In its context out of context, you could say, "Oh my god, he's so insensitive." But within the context of the narrative around it, you say, 
okay, maybe I understand these are his beliefs and that's okay. He has, you know, certain experiences in, a, in his life which have kind of, you know, dictated his feelings and that's fine. But, you know, we, we're just, you know, we're, we're taking jokes out of, uh, out of context and trying to, you know, weaponize these things mm-hmm. in a way that wasn't his intent ever. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, Dave Chappelle is not, uh, you know, shouldn't have to justify his jokes. But on the other hand, you know, good for him for saying, yeah, I'll be happy to discuss this. And I'll be happy to discuss specifically what I meant about these things. And here's my six-page Book of Rules. Yeah, and boy, his career was sort of dead in the water a few years ago because he had pulled back from society and sort of gone into seclusion. Now he's the hottest property in show business, although he claims that nobody's going to want to pick up his movie. Well, that might be true, but I got to tell you, um, Dave Chappelle, pound for pound, is one of the greatest comedians that ever lived. So take that. There you go. I've, I've made my case. Weather again today, that high wind watching effect with the potential for flooded roads and underpasses rainfall greater than an inch per hour in portions of the Bay State through tomorrow. I'm Dave Coombs, and I'm filling in for Steve Nagel, and that's the news to me on Rock 102. When everything works together. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 852 and Joan Jett on Rock 102. Horrible day today. Horrible. The kind of day you want to just go home, go back into bed, and not open your eyes until, uh, well, actually, probably until Thursday. Because tomorrow's not going to be that great either. Well, it'll be good for us because tomorrow we have uh, G. Michael Dobbs from The Reminder who will be joining us. Oh, you think that's going to outdo a Bombo Genesis? I'm just trying to grasp at any straw I can get right now. Hey, uh, speaking of doing things indoors, uh, and, you know, we waited years and years and we finally got our billion-dollar casino and then we got hit with a pandemic and the casino had to close and... Really hasn't hit a lot of the projections uh, that they had hoped for. A lot of the projections? Yeah. How yeah. about any of the projections? Well, hey, listen, they got a projector. And uh, they're going to have to change. And I'm not just talking about MGM. I'm talking about the whole uh, the whole industry. Despite noises, flashing lights, and video clips, the casino floor of today is not all that different of the casino floor of 60 or 70 years ago. Uh, and it's going to have to look different soon. Apparently, Monday, they had the East Coast Gaming Congress in Atlantic City, where uh, executives and manufacturers pondered how to attract younger customers. They agreed that younger customers view casinos as places that their parents or grandparents go to. (laughs) And they said that sports betting and competitive video game tournaments could be ways to interest younger customers in what they have to offer. Now, that's something I've been talking about for several years is the idea of creating some type of facility in Springfield mm-hmm. that has competitive gaming, video game tournaments, whether it's watching it or participating in it or betting on it. Um, yeah, I agree. That's something that's something they're going to have to do. Here's what I'll here, here's what I think would help even better. You want to bring uh, a youngster and by that I mean 22, 23 years old into a casino. Have the casino offer to pay your student loans off if you can win a game. Because one of the reasons why these kids are not spending money in a casino is they don't have the money to spend because they're spending so much money um, paying off their student loans. But if you – oh, wait a minute. I'm lost here. So if you win money, you can pay your own student loans off. But yes. you need the money to play either way. True. But if you had some way of paying off a kid's student loan – 
with a game of uh, chance with a small buy-in. Well, uh, then- a small buy. See, that's the problem. If the if the buy-in doesn't equal the odds of the prize, uh, not the odds, but uh, you know the value. Well, think of it as, as a loss leader. Being the same reason why those chickens at Costco are so cheap gets you in. So you can buy all kinds of extra stuff. Get what about chickens at the casino? You know what? Uh, who wouldn't love to rip open a rotisserie chicken yeah, at a casino? I absolutely. love casino chicken. I love to sit at a blackjack table and and eat uh, rotisserie chicken. Sure, but you know how do you how do you get a kid uh, a, a young adult into a casino? Give them something that they really want. As a, what they really don't want is to lose money because they have none to they have none to lose. Well, plus they could just circumvent the whole thing by going to Amherst, where there will be no college loans anymore because all the money uh, is going to be coming to them in grants. Yeah, Smith, yeah. I think it was, it Smith was, as well. Yeah. Right. So, You're talking about kids, but I mean, you know, the twenty, the twenty and thirty year olds who are making money, have good jobs, working in IT and other <laughs> and places still, like that. And are still paying off their loans. That may be, but they're making money and they have disposable income. And they're the ones who are going to possibly keep casinos alive if casinos can change well enough on the inside to attract those people. That's the problem. You know, The 20s and 30-year-olds are not going to want to sit at a... Uh, I'm trying to think of like one of the most obscure, an Adams family slot machine, you know, <laughs> a gun smoke yeah, yeah. slot machine. Yeah, I mean, it still amazes me sometimes when you walk through MGM and you see some of the licensing that's obviously been uh, done for, for slot machines. <laughs> Come on, Miss Kitty. I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> a Banachek slot machine. Uh, oh, oh, there you go. Hey, Banachek. Hey. There you go. It's 857 with Max O'Brien and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. Save yourself 30% on 